And then we just watch it later in slow motion. <laughs> Lower motion. <laughs> hey, before we get started, uh, I want to address the elephant in the room. Um, how much do people get your last name wrong and how much does it annoy you? In terms of spelling it? Yeah, because it's uh, I've never seen anybody with, with one F and two N's in Hoffman before in my life. Yeah, uh, very often people spell it like, you know, Dustin Hoffman does. But it must be I'm, for you then. I'm used to it. It doesn't really bother me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We, we figure like somewhere in the past, someone, one of our ancestors, like misspelled it and it just <laughs> stayed that way. Yeah, no, that's true. Or maybe even <laughs> change it to be different. I yeah. know that my mom's family, uh, at some point in the lineage, because my cousin did some report on it in high school, uh, some point in the lineage came from Germany and changed your name, you know, changed it to like an Americanized name just to like to, to fit in better. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, there was a gal I went to a college with at San Jose State and, uh, her last name was Hoffman, but it was spelled with two F's. Oh, and, wow. Uh, and she actually made the joke once, like, hey, if we got married somehow, like, how would we spell our last name? Like, <laughs> would we go with yours or mine? Or would it matter? She could be Hoffman Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, when are you guys going to spell the name right? <laughs> like, well, we had two chances to spell it right. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, with that being said, hey, what is up, you guys? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we're here with comedian Wes Hoffman. What's up, Wes? Hey, thanks for having me. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for being here. Wes, we've known you for a very long time. Hello. Hello long. Hello. Hello. <laughs> because we're all in California, we can say yeah. that. <laughs> so uh, I guess a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, you moved over to Sacramento. Was that that was just before the pandemic, right? Uh, yeah, it was uh, November 2019. I moved over here. How's life? Um, uh, how's life in Sacramento? Hot. No. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's how life is here in Tracy too. Yeah, but no, it, it's good. Like the area I live in, there's like a a lot of stuff to do. There's, I feel like I have like every every store i could ever need near me so like all within two miles so that's, that's nice that's good and yeah so and i feel like i don't know if this is true but i feel like you're producing more shows than ever now um i mean i'm producing two. Oh, okay well, <laughs> so that's maybe that's more than that. i might have a third one coming up soon we'll see uh oh but... see i had your phone tap so i knew about that one yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> you for <you> foreshadowing. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I currently have one in Sacramento at track seven, uh Curtis Park location, and then the River Rock Brewery in Galt. Yeah, and, that's a good one. We were talking about that before we started recording. I like that room a lot. Yeah. You packed it out, the crowd came to have a good time and laugh. Yeah, yeah. If you guys are near Galt, which I don't think anybody is, um go, <laughs> go check out that show. It's really fun. <laughs> oh yeah it's nice because it's a small little town you know and yeah. uh, they don't want to go to sacramento to laughs unlimited or drive anywhere to see a show so it's like they have someone somewhere local so they're they're just gonna go there and, and supporting the that's local, why it does yeah. so well yeah supporting the local brewery hell yeah it's always good. Instead, they make me drive there. So, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> when we were there, uh, the headliner was Teddy. Remember Teddy Hall? Yeah. And uh, we were like, oh, man, is he going to be here? And he, we realized his drive from San Jose was super far. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good show. It was a lot of fun. And we got to meet his dog that day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my heart. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So, Wes, tell us, like, what got you into comedy, into starting comedy? <laughs> so, uh, a long time ago. No, uh, <laughs> this is like a Star Wars movie. <laughs> a century far away. Or galaxy far away. <laughs> Wait, I'm in comedy? No. Um, I, uh, <laughs> that's what this Whoa. has been the whole time. Whoa, you're wondering why people are laughing at you. <laughs> I thought I was a motivational speaker. <laughs> No, I, uh, 
in high school, I uh, I was in a drama drama class and musical theater. I was a big theater kid, and uh, I was just constantly making like random jokes, like like a lot of it would go over people's heads. And, uh, <laughs> I know the feeling on that. And then like uh, one of my my friends, uh, he actually coined a term during high school. And started saying West joke anytime I said something. So, like, for a while, I had my license plate on my car was said West joke because yeah. I, I, oh, I, I was remember like, that. I would, so my Twitter handles West joke and my like all my handles are West joke. Did we so see him how... on the road one time? Yes, I feel like we saw that on the road one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so that's how that came about. But uh, it was actually. We were doing some award show at the end of my senior year and uh, for for the drama awards. And uh, I was one of the co-hosts for the show. And so I was up to my usual uh, <laughs> stupid jokes. jokes. <laughs> I, was, I think like one of them was like, what happens if you step in gum? And then I was like, you become a gumshoe. Like, like, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, (laughs) I was like, why did why did I call it Pepsi? Why not Pep Ocean? Stupid. So basically, you invented dad jokes. Yeah, I guess. And I was I was an early dad, (laughs) but uh, my my friend. My friend's uh, dad, my friend who coined the term West joke, his dad came up to me after the show and was like, you should really stick to comedy. And I was like, <laughs> he's all, you're really good at it. You should you should get into it. And I was like, oh, so for some reason, I took someone else's dad's advice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but uh, and then like once I got into college, um I saw uh, there was like a flyer on one of the bulletin boards and it was like, Hey, you want to get into stand-up comedy? You can take these courses with the San Francisco comedy college. And so I was like, all right, I'll check that out. And I ended up doing the comedy college. And then that's how I officially kind of got into it. Wow. Wait, so you were doing regular college and comedy college at the same time? Dang, that's a lot yeah. of college. Wow. That is so much I mean so much homework. The comedy <laughs> The comedy college is just like like eight total weeks, right? So it's like four weeks you work on writing and it's just one day a week. So okay. it wasn't like actual college. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't writing a thesis. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool though. Uh, how do you feel like the drama, um, the drama classes and stuff uh, prepared you for comedy? Um, far, as far as like stage presence and stuff, I feel like it, it totally helped. Um, yeah. There are like moments where I'm like, damn, I wish I still had someone else writing what I'm saying. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but uh but yeah, like obviously you guys know comedy is like it's all on you. So whereas with when you're doing a show, you have support, so it's kind of obviously it's different that way, but in terms of just the stage presence alone, it definitely helped. That's cool. Did you um did you stop acting at that point and just pursue comedy full time? Uh like after like, college, yeah. my my plan was to do both or attempt to do both but it like i did some auditions and got some callbacks and stuff but nothing ever really went through um so it's just been comedy yeah nice although i keep thinking i was like i kind of want like you know i kind of miss it but they don't have to rehearse every night you know i don't have to do that with comedy <laughs> <laughs> You do well. You rehearse. You just. Rehearse I mean, I should. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, me too. I should. Um, 
but just book me on a show. Who cares? <laughs> 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 Hell yeah, that's cool. Uh, so where when you started comedy, were you were you living in San Francisco? Uh, no, I was living in San Jose. Oh, you're yeah. okay. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Hell yeah. So when you uh, when you started comedy, were you like going? Uh, I guess what was it like in the comedy college? You see, you're doing like writing and stuff once a week and things like that. But like, how do they kind of cast you off? Like, did they did they hook you up with like a big show at the end? Did they kind of like give you um, uh, booker contact information? Yeah. So when I went, um, I think it's different now, but. So after the four weeks you work on writing and they like pair you up with an, another comedian in the group or whatever. And then the next four weeks you work on the actual performance aspect of it. And then at the very end, uh, for the graduation, uh, we got to perform at Rooster Tea Feathers. Oh, wow. That's cool. So, yeah. Uh, yeah do you have any tips like maybe like a tip that you learned from comedy college really you still like apply it to this day you know not not really like i remember (laughs) some well i think after time it's just like okay these these steps will get you started in the writing process you know so to speak but then after a while it's just kind of like I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need and a lot to of the do that. Things I could... you learned are more subconscious at this point now too. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of it that they used were like from Gre- Greg Dean's book of stand-up comedy. So I don't know if you're familiar with Greg Dean's. Stuff, I've never heard of him, but that's it has cool. to do with like the joke map and like you know stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. I like the idea that they give you kind of like uh, the general concept. And then after you're done with it, you kind of put your own voice on it. Yeah. You like learn how to put your own voice to it. And I like that. I just remember like when I was first starting, I thought I was the shit for some reason. <laughs> Everybody and, does. Uh, <laughs> I was, so I'm still in college and uh, I go into these comedy courses, right? And then I told a buddy of mine at San Jose State, I was like, dude, let's record my first comedy album. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like a month into doing it. And I was like, let's record my first comedy album. And uh, it was so stupid because we went, we went to his house. We weren't even recording a live show, right? It's just me recording jokes on his laptop and he's adding laugh tracks. (laughs) And I'm clearly, you could clearly. You hear me reading from my notebook no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we called it like Wes Hoffman almost live in front of an almost real audience right. but... well at least, you, at least you like played on that part of it you weren't trying to like pretend like he wasn't in front of an audience yeah that's cool do you yeah. still have that I have a copy of it somewhere oh my God, <laughs> but, but I remember telling the the people in the comedy college I was like yeah I got my first CD and they're like sure <laughs> <laughs> well if you ever like come out with some kind of like paywall like a uh, like a Patreon or an OnlyFans you should put that behind the paywall. yes <laughs> worth it <laughs> oh man that is hilarious so what happened to that CD did you like play for people <laughs> there, there's a few friends that have it and <laughs> some somebody even has it in their like their like playlist or whatever and they're like oh your 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 first cd came up in my playlist today and I was like, you don't need to tell me that you know burn that playlist yeah so what you're saying is that someday somebody has something to blackmail oh you gosh. with basically yeah <laughs> They're like, no, he meant to do it like this. This is why he's so <laughs> hilarious. This he did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's incredible. Oh my goodness. I love that. I love that too. I uh when I first started doing comedy, uh for some reason I I didn't do it, but I, I wanted to record myself on a laptop before I did it just to like see timing and like and different things like this, but you can't do that. Yeah. Right, that's definitely not the same. But yeah, I want. I was. I was attempting to do the same thing. My friend was even like willing to let me borrow her laptop, and to do it. And then she just kept going, "What are you going to do? When you want to borrow my laptop?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know." And I never did it. But 
I'm glad I never did it. Because <laughs> then I would have yeah. one of those. <laughs> I'm an original. Don't copy me. Yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely. <laughs> I think what uh, what's really funny about it is like you're worried about like people seeing those things, but it. I feel like it could like kind of make people endear you a little bit. Like, look at this little goofy ass. <laughs> you know, I love that about people. I love when they like, you know, are real and they do things and they kind of like own up to it. They're like, yeah, I did that weird thing. Yeah. And the, fact that I was, <laughs> the fact that I was trying to sell it though. like, Oh <laughs> man. How much? I was trying to sell burned copies of the CD that was maybe not even 20 minutes long. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but I was only asking for like three dollars. So. Oh, that's not bad. You oh, like, you like <laughs> those rappers? You like those rappers at the mall? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, take my CD, and then you take it. Like, all right, now give me money. You're like, what? yeah, they hand it to you first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, know. that's. I've yeah, been there. That's I've been why there. you don't take them. <laughs> like, here, take my CD, and they hand it to you, and they're like, all right, ten dollars. And you're like, wait, what? This is a transaction. <laughs> I thought I was supporting you for free. Yeah. Oh wow. That's a really cool thing to start on merch. I met a guy one time at the mall trying to sell me a CD, and we talked about collabing because I do comedy, but it never came. Never came about. Maybe he sold all his CDs. He was ready to make it. Maybe time. he just graduated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He graduated. Right. <laughs> he graduated. Too. With some of my shirts, you know, just throw shirts at people and then tell them to give them money. Tell me that's a good idea. Yeah, give me money. Oh, they should go to base, uh, baseball games and they throw shirts out to the crowd. Oh, by the way, everyone who caught a shirt. Give us 20 bucks on the way out. <laughs> you mean shooting people with t-shirt cannons and they're like all stunned? Okay, $10. <laughs> they, they, atta- they like roll up a like a, a an invoice inside the yeah. shirt. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> so what happens after, uh, after Richard T. Feathers? You just kind of Hit the ground running with comedy. So at Rooster Teeth Feathers that night, they had a, like a sign up list for the one of their comedy competitions. Oh, so they're like, oh, if you're interested in signing up, you know, put your name on this list. And so I signed up for that. Didn't go well, but I think like my graduation show went fine, but at the, um, at the competition, I just remember like my my parents sitting in the front row, oh. and then I like forgot my material, and I just like yelled at my mom. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. You just, you're like what, mom? I was what? like, mom. Yeah, I forgot. It's like, why did you bother having me? Look at me. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> They don't sit in the front anymore. I don't know why. No, uh, I bet not. In fact, uh, I, you must be responsible for all the guests I sat at Tommy T's because nobody wants to sit in the front. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Again. It's so crazy. Like, working at a comedy club, I'm like, here you go. And they're like, oh, no, I don't want to sit in the front. I'm like, oh, they, you want to sit in the balcony in the back? Sure. Okay. <laughs> people are so scared of getting roasted. Yeah. I mean, people have either heard stories from someone or. You know, they've experienced it firsthand. So it's like they go to enough shows and then they're like, nope. And then it's funny, it. though, because like the way that the, that club specifically is set up is you can get roasted if you're, you know, six or seven tables down still. You don't need yeah. to be in the front. <laughs> like, hey, you, I see you. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Eight. Table eight. <laughs> hey, you should have table eight. <laughs> you know the layout. <laughs> oh, yeah. that That's the other thing. People that sit. A lot of these places, people that sit further away from the sit from the front, they think, "Oh, that that leaves me room to like have table conversation." Yeah, no, com- it's true. And the comedians won't know that we're talking, except, uh, "Hello, everyone else is being quiet, and we can still hear you." <laughs> oh man, it's so bad. I can tell you so many stories. I will tell you one though. When I first started working at, at the club, um, I had to sit somebody in the back, at the balcony in the back, and it's hard. It's definitely hard to see from up there. But, you know, you're coming late to the show. You got a few people. You got to do what you got to do. And uh, they go, I can't see from here. One of the guys goes, I can't see from here. And they go, well, there's monitors above you right here. You can see from there. And he goes, oh, I might as well watch it from home. And, then <laughs> I, and I, I go, 
well, it's not playing at your home. And then I walked away. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, sir, you cannot watch it from home. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> you're a, you're very sassy as a security guard. Dude. I know. I know. I try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, uh, once you, once you start doing comedy, like, I guess the competition, uh, <laughs> How is things going for you? Like, when did you when did you finally decide? I guess like this is for you. Like you felt it. Like, like you felt like you you, you could do this. You belonged. You know, before the recording. Uh, I don't know. Your maybe album. in about ten <laughs> yeah, before recording. <laughs> <your album>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess right. One month. Maybe in. in ten more years, I'll feel like it. <laughs> what year was the? What year did you graduate from uh, the comedy school? Uh what year was that? Like. 2007 oh wow okay okay so i met you probably 2010 so you're already doing it a couple years at that point probably yeah yeah that's cool and did you before you moved to sacramento were you always located in san jose uh i mean kind of i mean san jose sunnyville santa clara the san jose yeah the greater san jose area Yeah. yeah that's cool that's cool what kind of um like what kind of places did you really like enjoy playing when you first started uh Doing comedy out there in San Jose. Uh, so there was a spot in Mountain View called Ron's Farmhouse. That was a fun spot, like open mic. It was a lot of the comedians that from that time, you know, yeah, went there. Right. Did it have um, did it have animals or was it just called that? No, it was just called that. It oh. was a bar, but <laughs> um and then uh this is Rose and Crown. Wow. Um, some other ones. So funny because those places were definitely before my time. Because when you said yeah. Mountain View, I thought I'm you were aging saying, myself, man. You are. <laughs> well, when you said Mountain View, I thought you were say St. Stephen's Green yeah, or something. Yeah, me too. I was like, I, 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 I went there a few times. Yeah. Oh, I went there like all um, almost every week. I was there all the time because that's when I first started. It was a good room. I remember one time at St. Stephen's Green, when my second time doing comedy ever, uh, I was there and the halfway through my set, the spotlight went off <laughs> and it never went on again. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> it wasn't even so funny. <laughs> I was so impressed by him though. Cause like that kind of thing at the time for me, I would have just like, all right, I'm out. Like, <laughs> just like walk off the stage. And, well, like, I mean, the mic right. was still working, I guess. Yeah, right? the mic so. was still, I don't know. I just stopped like three seconds. I processed and I just continued. He just kept yeah. going and I was okay. like, yeah, you keep going, man. But keep this, going. this point though, this point in my life, in my comedy life, because that was my second set ever. Um, but this point in my comedy life, if that happened, I would probably like roast the spotlight a little bit. <laughs> like talk about it and talk about, you know, what happened and how I feel about it a little bit. <laughs> um, but I just wasn't equipped to do that at the time. Was there an actual like spotlight operator, or was it I don't just, know. I don't know. It just went dark. Oh, okay. I don't know if the light burned out, or if they just didn't want me on the stage anymore, or what. <laughs> remember, it used to be like bright green or bright purple. I can't remember. But it, it was, was like green. this it was color green because St. Stephen's green. It looked like little goblins. It was green because of St. <laughs> Stephen's green. I'm just imagining like the spotlight going out. You continue. Went- you you continuing. <laughs> And then when the lights come back, no one's in there. <laughs> that would be even funnier. <laughs> You're like, oh, I wasn't just like bad at jokes. <laughs> there was nobody here. <laughs> I was wondering why there was crickets. <laughs> the door's locked. <laughs> <laughs> Hell Dang, yeah. so you were a young gun when uh, we were starting out still. It's so funny. That you said that you felt like you were, uh, you know, ahead of your time. But when we were like doing jokes with you, I felt like you were a little bit more seasoned. To be honest, you're you're funny. Uh, you're a funny person. <laughs> yeah, we met you the days of uh, the Britain downtown San Jose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were good times. Mm-hmm. I miss I miss a lot of the uh, the mics in San Jose because you know we're not there. You're not either. But we're not there anymore. <laughs> And you know the a lot of the mics aren't there, but it was a good times. It was a good times in my life, early 2010s. Yeah, was like doing our some comedy, comedy childhood. taking light rail, <laughs> you know, to these different mics and taking the bus. Yeah, falling asleep on the light rail and running off without my backpack. Ew, oh, I didn't do that. that I was did. You. I did that one time. I was leaning. I was leaning on my backpack as like a pillow, and I fell asleep. 
and I woke up and it was my stop and I just ran off the light rail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was I got it back though. I got it back. <laughs> yeah, somebody turned it in. They thought it was a bomb, maybe. Oh my god. It's funny because uh on the on the on the transit, at least in the San Jose area, they always tell you like if you see on uh you know unattended bags, do not touch them, report them because they think it might be a bomb or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine definitely wasn't a bomb. No. It was the jokes were a bomb though that were oh, written in there. Oh, nice. uh, so how did you uh how did you learn to start writing stuff? Like what's your writing style like? I I try not to like limit myself what like I don't like to say, oh, I'm just gonna do observational humor, I'm just gonna do you know, this or whatever. Like yeah. I don't really do political stuff. I don't but, I don't either. I really don't either. But that's not not to say that I want it. It's just that I don't pay attention enough to know all the facts, you know? Like right. I'm not I'm I don't really wanna say a joke that's not accurate, you know. And a lot of times um, if I'm at a, like a mic or an open mic or something and there's like a political thing that just happened and like every single comic is talking about it, yeah. I kinda tune it out at some point. Cause I just yeah, I mean, hearing about it. Like, <laughs> like, like this this week, right on Facebook, everybody was talking about the summer missile. Oh my or whatever. gosh! Yeah. And I was just like, "All right, like, <laughs> I am not gonna post one of these." No, and, and, and I was just making wor- the same joke too. Yeah, and I was worried. Like, I was like, "Oh, great!" So this, like, I just did a show in Galt a couple nights ago, and I was like, "Well, this is gonna be like the submarine show." This wasn't yeah. was a sink. And never come back up. <laughs> yeah, and I was surprised. Like n- none of the comedians mentioned it. I guess they got it all out on Facebook. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That is good. I was like, we can do a show without a one of those. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> without the hot topic of the week. Oh yeah. wow, that's cool though. That is really good. That like- <laughs> yeah. I like how you were a little bit worried about it. You're like, oh, great. This is the submarine <laughs> show. Because it is like that. It is like that, Especially yeah. if you're, not just like for showcases and shows, but like if you do open mics, it's like each comic has their own take on the same subject. And sometimes when they start talking about it, like the audience is even like, huh. Yeah. Like- <laughs> No, like I, I literally saw the same joke on Facebook almost from everybody yeah. about, oh, don't make this joke is beneath you, or it's so you're subhuman for saying that. Yeah, stupid, stupid <laughs> shit. Yeah. And then before that, it was Matt Rife. Like, you oh my god, anything <laughs> yeah. without like getting a Matt Rife post. Yeah, that was crazy too. That was so wild. I think, yeah, my favorite post was like Ben Feldman said something like. uh while you were wasting your time writing submarine jokes, uh, Matt Wright just got 10 new minutes or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> my, you know what's funny? I think it was Ben Philbin who said my favorite Matt Wright post too. He said, um, honestly, think about it. What makes more sense, Matt Wright being famous or you? <laughs> <laughs> See, like sometimes I'll, I'll get a kick out of these topical post but you know it's one out of a hundred <laughs> oh i mean if anything i learned who matt rife was i didn't yeah know. i mean it's true i didn't know who he was <laughs> literally I, I never heard of him before last week and then he was all i heard about for an yeah. entire week yeah that was so wild it was pretty wild it really was because now i mean now I, he's famous now as far as i know mm-hmm. yeah good for him for getting famous i'm should i should take my shirt off and take a picture I don't think that'll have the same effect. Maybe people are like, look at this guy. Put your shirt back on. <laughs> um, so how did you get into the producing side of, of comedy? Uh, so let's see. What year was it? I think it was 2009. Oh, wow. I, that long ago you started producing. Yeah, I uh, I had a friend who worked with the city of Morgan Hill at uh, one of the community centers, and um, they have a like a theater there, about two hundred seater. And uh, that's incredible. She was like, "Oh, they they really want to get comedy going here at the theater," and I was I was like, 
okay, like, what do you want me to do about it? Oh, shit! <laughs> and <laughs> I'm over here, re- I'm over here oh, recording you a want CD. Me I don't to... have time to put comedy in a building. Oh, you want me to... Out of my trunk. <laughs> oh, you're asking me to run it. Oh, I see. So, um... We... we I signed, like, an agreement with them for, like, six weeks. Let's... We're going to do a show every week and just see how they just like, yeah, to see how they go. And uh, it was only going to be like tickets at the door only. And and then we just split the money 50 50 with the venue. That's all it was. And the show's got maybe, you know, 30 to 40 audience members. And and there was like six comedians per show. And I was like, Okay, you know, not bad for the trial. Yeah. And then we eventually agreed on doing a monthly show. Um, so we would do it the last Thursday of every month. And uh, and it would just be like, it would be me as host and then three other comedians. So more of a professional mm-hmm. type show. Yeah. And the only thing is we would have an intermission also because they didn't allow... Uh, drinking or anything in the actual performance area. Oh, wow. It was just in the lobby only. So we're like, we need to make some money. So Uh, initially we just sold like sodas and waters in the lobby. And uh, we're like, man, we need booze for comedy. (laughs) But losing these people out. But for me to go out and try to get a liquor license, I was like, this isn't going to be easy for me to do. so we ended up, I was somehow approached by one of the businesses in Morgan Hill, who's a restaurant and bar. And they're like, hey, we'll, we'll be glad to get an offsite liquor license and serve the drinks for you guys in the lobby. Wow. And then, and then we also picked up more sponsors for the show. So those sponsors would get 10 tickets in advance. And then they would either sell them themselves or give them away, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then like a prize or whatever. Yeah. And then in return, what I would do during the show is give each, each of the sponsors like a plug, like either before the show or after intermission. And like, and, and it was funny because I I would just try to find like clever ways to like introduce a sponsor. That was like, (laughs) that was my joke writing for the month. (laughs) Like I was like, okay. Try to figure out how to enter this without just saying, oh, please give it up for our sponsor. Because that's just boring, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I would, like, make up some story and be like, that's why I went to Hell Lumber. Ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they they loved it because, you know, they know all they know each other and everything in that community. And, and so. Oh, that's cool. So then the Morgan Hill one, like, got really good going going good it's going well uh that about let's see i did it for seven years there wow so, seven years yeah wonderful and then like after the fifth year there was a venue in gilroy uh that used to be the gaslighter in gilroy i remember the gaslighter yeah before i was doing comedy when it was the music place yeah but then it became a nine lives club but anyway we added on Gilroy. So Gilroy would be the Wednesday night before and then Morgan Hill the following night. I'd book the same comedians for both shows. So yeah. It nice. Did the same thing with the sponsors and Gilroy. And yeah. So, and then eventually in 20, what was it 2013? No, that's not right. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> seven years later. It is seven years later. <laughs> whenever I started uh yeah I was just like all right I I was like thinking about moving to Sacramento at that time also and I knew I had to get heart surgery soon so I was like "Eh, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna try to do everything so I handed it off uh to Sam Meeker and Tommy Broom okay yeah and then they were gonna continue the Morgan Hill one the Gilroy one had already fizzled out but uh, I don't know what happened, but it only lasted a year after I left. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. 
I guess you do have to do everything. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have any, like, um, I mean, I'm sure you probably didn't, but did you have any, like, fun stories? Like, was there one show or one night that that stood out the most to you because it was just wacky? Uh, Well, there was a... (laughs) There was a show, I, I don't know if I would say it's wacky, it was just not not the norm for what we had in Morgan Hill. We had, a, <laughs> we had one performance we had to do in a different location, uh, so it wasn't in the theater, it was in like their like community center banquet area, just because they were doing something else in the theater that night, and so... I was like, okay, we could set up the show in there. That's fine. They still have a stage, you know, we could do it in there. And, uh, I booked, uh, Drennan Davis to close out the show. And, uh, <laughs> for some reason, there was a, a mom with her young kid in the front row. Like we didn't advertise it for <laughs> all ages, but we also said, Hey, if, you're okay with your kid listening to it, then that's on you, right? Oh boy. And Drennan's got all these like animations he's showing of like vaginas and oh, no. dicks and <laughs> <laughs> and he like looks he like looks at the front row and he goes, Uh, do you know about this? Like, <laughs> like Oh no. <laughs> am I teaching you something right now? <laughs> there, were, there were some audience members that like walked out and like <gasps> oh, they looked at me and they're like what are you doing oh. never again uh, i'm like oh dang i was like i think it's funny <laughs> <laughs> i think it's like they're only offended because the kid is there yeah. like that's they probably I, would have enjoyed it with the, like without knowing there was a kid in the front but i also feel that it would have the show overall would have translated differently if we were in the normal space. Oh yeah, oh, yeah with the right with that. the normal lighting and and everything. And yeah, yeah, normal just the normal environment. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What is she doing? Oh, sorry, cat's being weird. I think she's gonna come here and go to the bathroom. Oh, that's gonna <laughs> I pray for everyone on the podcast to hear. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and so was like 2016 or so. Um, you, you you kind of stepped away from that. You mentioned that you had heart surgery. Uh, you know, I don't want to go too much into that, but you want to just touch on that a little bit and talk talk about that because that was pretty pretty big deal for you. Yeah. Well, it was so. It was something. It was I was born with a heart problem, so it was something. The surgery was something I knew that was going to come about at some point. Oh, it was just a matter oh, of so when. you always knew your whole life that you had to have it at some point yeah i always knew um, it my whole life i would oh, have man. to get surgery i just didn't know when you know it was something that we kept track of went to the cardiologist every year and uh <laughs> and uh yeah so it was just like okay it doesn't look like it's gonna be this year maybe next year it doesn't look like it's gonna be this year maybe next year and then one year it was like all right it looks like it's gonna be now and i'm like wait oh, what dang. like <laughs> after like but, uh, 30 something years oh of like of monitoring it yeah yeah wow and then they're like <laughs> they had me do some like tests they're like okay we're gonna have you do a stress test and i, I was like okay what the hell is that like and they just start that. heckling you <laughs> <laughs> so so Yo, you suck get off the stage <laughs> this is your stress test so it's 2015 right and i've never been on a treadmill before to be honest i had never been on a treadmill before then and so they have me go on this treadmill and then they're like all right you know go as go as fast as you can or whatever you know and, <laughs> and then but at the same time i have to put my right arm straight out because they're checking the blood pressure or whatever as i'm doing it and i was like (laughs) like who the hell walks like this i don't like and so and uh i'm i'm doing this and one of the gals uh one of the nurses she's like like okay is this how it is when you normally walk 
I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. The ground's usually not moving. <laughs> <laughs> I was being a, a smart ass with them. And uh, eventually they got to a speed where I guess I couldn't handle it. Right. So then they're like, all right, you're going to need to lay down. And this pretty much proves you need the surgery or whatever. And I was like, oh, all right. Wow. <laughs> wow. Maybe the stressful situation is uh, them making you walk weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, the stress test, they start nagging you. They're like, oh, yeah, the, the copay will be $50. I was like, well, that didn't help. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, here's a stress test, and your mom and dad are in the front row. <laughs> How long did the surgery take? Uh, I mean, the surgery was done in, in you know, I don't know, a few hours, I guess. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know. I wasn't awake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like, hey, guys, what you doing? <laughs> but, like, like, I went out, uh, I can't, after surgery, I was in ICU for a while, which I was drugged up as, you know, hell. So, I don't really remember ICU too much. I just remember, like, I was laying down in ICU, and I was like, I gotta pee, or something like that. Oh, no. And, I, like, someone's like, just go. I was like, what? Because I didn't realize I had a catheter hooked up to me. Oh. Okay. But they're like, yeah, just go, man. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I was like all tripping out. I was like, I could just go? <laughs> That's not how my body works. <laughs> if I go, then I have to lay in it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And eventually they rolled me to a room and I think they ran into a wall. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> like oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Good thing I can't feel anything right now, guys. Well, yeah, these are the trainee uh, hospital people. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> one time but, we saw, one time we saw, uh, we were at the bus stop and we saw these trainee bus drivers coming oh around the corner, gosh. and every single one of them like hit the curb and went up the curb, <laughs> and we were like, <laughs> we don't take the bus when these guys graduate. <laughs> But overall, the hospital stay was like a week. What was uh, recovery like for you? How long yeah. did it take till you're back on stage? Uh, I waited a couple months. Like, I had to wait a good month or so before I could start driving again. Oh, so. okay. wow. Yeah. You know, because road rage. Yeah. You don't want to get that ticker <laughs> angie already. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wait three months before you get really pissed off. That would be the most accurate stress test i think <laughs> get them in the car <laughs> that is hilarious um was uh i don't know i mean i want to say like were you scared but i'm sure you kind of were a little bit going into it right Nervous. well it was interesting because it since it's something i've i had known my whole life that i i knew right. i would have to get i like until it was almost time to have the surgery, I never spoke about it to anybody. You never, like, like, I didn't, like, you never gave like a second thought, really. No. I didn't really like say, "Oh, oh no!" Like, there, I knew there was nothing I was going to be able to do to prevent it from not ever happening. You know, like so to me, it made no sense to like freak out, tell people about it, and have them worry about it. Yeah, you know, and, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I was nervous, but. It worked out. It seems it like you were you. Well. Is it? Do you feel different afterwards? Like, do they fix something? Like, do you feel like yeah, did you like feel more more stamina or anything like that? Like after it was all said and done. Um, I mean, yeah, I felt. I definitely felt like I had more energy, um, more more stamina, more being able to exercise for longer periods of time and stuff like that. You're like, I should um, done this twenty years ago. <laughs> it wasn't time he had to be yeah, right. You know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's had to be a certain maturity level. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so let's switch it over a little bit. I know that like the Oakland A's are a huge part of your life. Talk about like getting into the A's and stuff. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's a touchy subject right now, but uh... Uh, it's okay. It'll be, this will be out in like a month, so hopefully they'll do better by then. <laughs> No, I'm I'm just talking about them moving to Las Vegas potentially. Oh, I forgot about or, that. Most likely, I'm pretty bummed about that. Um, but you're like, I want to suck your to be closer to you. <laughs> but yeah, when I, <laughs> I, know you're I uh, 
growing up, I always went to a lot of baseball games with my my uncles on my mom's side, and uh, and also my grandpa, and uh, we would go to like not just A's games, but minor league games and all sorts of baseball games. My my grandpa would listen to the A's on the radio all the time. Um, and when it was going bad, he would turn off the radio. <laughs> and then like about 30 minutes later, he turned back on the radio to check it again. And he may or may not leave it on again. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I just grew up with the A's. And uh, it was during like, you know, big years where they had like the Bash Brothers, McGuire and Canseco and and uh, were they, were, they were really popular. Late 80s? Uh, that, yeah, they had an owner that cared. Um, and then I was playing Little League. I played Little League for about seven years. And I did want to be a, like a professional baseball player. That was my first dream. Um, but then uh, I was going to try out for baseball in high school. And then right before high school, my uh, vision... I noticed it started to go bad. So I was like, Oh, I need to get, I need to get glasses. And then I didn't realize right away. I needed glasses though. Like I just thought for some reason I couldn't hit the ball anymore for whatever reason. Like I have one hit all year. How did this happen? Like I just suck now. And like found out, Oh no, you need glasses. I was like, Oh, that's why I couldn't see the ball. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, but also even, even if I had figured that out in advance, I wouldn't have been able to try out for baseball in high school because, uh, you have to do weightlifting and stuff. And with my heart condition, I wasn't able to do weightlifting. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Plus you'd never been on a treadmill in your life. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That's probably a factor too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That doesn't mean he never walked. <laughs> like, just... yeah. On moving surfaces. Is this how you normally walk? No. <laughs> Man, so you've been going to A's games like your whole life because I know that you're just going, you know, the, recently, like even living in Sacramento, you're still going to these A's games. Um, are you going to be able to go when they go to Vegas? Probably not, right? Am I going to be able to want or am I going to want to go? Oh, are you going to want to go? Like, how do you I feel about them? I don't know. Like, I thought I was prepared mentally, like, cause it's been in discussions for like a couple years now that the idea of going to Vegas or whatever. And I thought I would be prepared for when the day finally came that they announced they're going to go there. And, uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. Cause my whole life I've known them as the Oakland A's. Yeah. Uh, but. Also, the the fan base for Oakland uh, is incredible. And people always like people from the outside looking in. They think the A's don't really have a fan base because no one goes to the games, and just you know what you see in the media. They're like, oh, there's only eight thousand at the game. They don't have a fan base. But in the past several years, the A's have always traded away the star players and then they would raise ticket prices and then they don't upkeep the Coliseum, which needs to be replaced. They do need a new ballpark. Yeah. And it's it's the owner's job to upkeep the Coliseum. But for some reason, the commissioner seems to like put everything on the fans. (laughs) Like, Oh, wow. Yeah, the commissioner is a. a Why is that so. call seem so messed up? It's your fault. Damn. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, part of it is the Raiders too. Oh, all of it when, is the Raiders. When the Raiders oh, no. came back from, uh, when they moved from Oakland to LA and then back to Oakland, they added the big uh, outfield structure called Mount Davis now. Okay. And okay. Uh, for extra seats for the fifty-yard line or whatever, and there used to be a nice view of the Oakland Hills beyond the bleachers. But now that's totally blocked because of Mount Davis. Wow. So, so it got rid of a lot of the charm 
of the Oakland Coliseum when the Raiders wow. came back. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's great. I've always told people um, that the Raiders moved to L.A. because they had to clean up after them in Oakland. And then they moved <laughs> back to Oakland because they had to clean up after them in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah I, I completely. In fact, in my early twenties, I tried to be into the A's because I was into the A's when I was a kid, and I was at this uh, restaurant, whatever, and I was in the bar area and I was watching like part of the A's game, and I looked around and I realized I was surrounded by Raider fans. So yeah, I never cheered for the A's again. Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think there's a lot of like A's 49er fans though, like me. I think there is a lot too. Of us, a lot of us that grew up in the eighties, you know when when the A's are big and also yes, when the Accuracy 49ers were big with Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and those guys. Yeah. So those were the two teams to root for. They had, uh, when the A's had smoke, um, Dave, was it Dave Henderson? Smoke? Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart. There we go. Hell yeah. See, I remember all that stuff. My mom, my mom is huge into baseball. In fact, I grew up uh, in a house where my dad was hardcore giants and my mom was hardcore Dodgers. So there was never peace. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> As you probably know. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Hey, well, thanks for joining us, Wes. Yeah, yeah thank you. Do you have anything uh, you're working on? Any projects coming up or anything like that? Any new CDs coming out? Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> to a, a remix of my first. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, put some background oh, music. That would be so cool <laughs> if you rewrote your jokes from that album. <laughs> the remix <laughs> uh, but no I don't have anything really. <laughs> nice and then yeah you plug your shows you want to plug your uh, your social media and then tell again where you, people can find your shows uh, yeah so on Instagram and Twitter uh, handles West Joke it's one word and then uh, websites westhoffman.com uh, you can work on spelling it correctly yeah, you might find a few other Wes Hoffman's first. Yes. I think westjoke.com also redirects to the same site. So that's good. That's oh, good. Yeah. Nice. Oh. yeah. Hell yeah. You can find me. I, I, uh, you can find me on Spotify, iTunes, too. whatever. Okay. A, do you have, a, I have an actual you... legit album on there? Actually. Oh, you do? Okay. I did not know that because we're looking for, you know, we're listening to albums because we, you know, sometimes we drive for comedy as you probably do too. And we're like looking for comedy albums and stuff. So I'll check yours out next time we're on the road. Heck yeah. Yeah, it was recorded awesome. back like in 2013. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Nice. As long as there's no laugh tracks. Oh, my. Yeah. No, it's real laughs. Nice. nice. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> you can find me uh, at Funky Sam Medina across the board. And I'm at She Shines for You, all spelled out in and numbers. Everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Woo. Awesome, Wes. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.